0: Now, on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. All right, welcome back to another episode of Maddie and the Caddy. It's been a busy, busy week and a newsy week in a golf world. So we have two special podcasts for you this week on Maddie and the Caddy. The first one was taped on Monday night. The Caddy, Michael Collins, got with his ESPN.com colleague, Bob Harrig. On all of the changes and news going out of the golf world with the major championships so this one that you're listening to now we've got Trevor Immelman masters champ in 2021 president's Cup captain joining us but if you want to break down all of the news why it happened how it happened and how it impacted the calendar be sure to go back and download the Bob Harrig Michael Collins episode. But now we get the player reaction from the great Trevor Immelman. All right, so as promised, one of the things that I know Trevor Immelman has longed for in his life, I mean, he's got the green jacket, which would be good enough for just about anybody, but his true passion in life is making everyone call him Captain. And now, Trevor, (laughs) we can call you Captain 2021, Captain of the President's Cup team. Congratulations on that news.
1: Loving,
2: Yeah, hey. Hey guys, I know it's so so awesome. I'm uh, extremely humbled uh, by this news. Uh, something I'm I'm so excited about. It's been so much fun to be a part of the previous president's cup. Uh you know, as part of Ernie's leadership team and now that I get a crack at it, uh it's it's something that I can't wait for.
1: Okay, so now that you're the captain of the president's once they named you captain of the President's Cup, there's that moment of, yes, this is awesome. When did the moment of, oh, blank, what did I just get myself into hit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right.
2: That, that moment has happened already, uh, you know, uh, p- particularly because you realize, uh, you know, the record in this competition is pretty one-sided. And I have a very clear understanding of how great the American team is and uh, how strong they are, uh, not only on paper, but on the golf course as well. And we've got a huge mountain to climb. But, uh, you know, Mike, I'm I'm excited from a standpoint of the way that our team found a way to come together down in Australia. They really were up for the challenge. They had great leadership under Ernie. And I think that even though we lost on that Sunday, uh, we had a sniff of it. It was something that a lot of players on our team hadn't had before. Mm. And so I think that it gave them just that little pitch of self-belief that, hey, we can put ourselves in this situation and uh, and see where the chips may fall. Uh, and so there's a little bit of self-belief there and it'll be up to me and, and the rest of the guys helping me out to try and find a way to get these guys to, to uh, take it into even another gear.
0: You know, Trevor, I love kind of the uh, juxtaposition between the mental aspects between the two sides. We would say as Americans in the Ryder Cup, the European team mentally has the edge over the Americans. It's not even close. And then yet on this side, you're talking about how the record of the President's Cup favors the Mm -hmm. United States. As someone who is in the international world of golf, how would you describe – the difference between the two in that there's such an advantage on one side in the Ryder Cup and then the advantage on the other side with the President's Cup?
2: Yeah, there sure is. It is quite interesting. And I think it comes down to team chemistry and camaraderie. And when you look at the European team, it's very hard to really find another team in sports over uh, the last number of years that is able to come together like that Uh, and I'm talking about a team that, you know, they're not always competing. So every two years they're coming together as a group and they create such a tight bond and they are such a close family that they always play better than what everybody thinks. And it really is so amazing. And when you watch the Ryder Cup and you see how that European team performs as a unit, it's pretty inspiring. And I think when you look back to what happened in Australia, that was what Ernie was trying to create, you know, maybe for the first time uh, in our team's history. It's, it's very difficult as the captain of the international team. There's a lot of hurdles to overcome. Look, you, you're going to, you in all likelihood, are going to have seven, eight, nine different countries represented with vastly different cultures and yeah. languages and food preferences. I mean, little things that people may not even think about. And, you know, Ernie went out of his way over the two years of preparation to make sure that he, in the best way possible, could bridge that gap. And that was one of the things that made him such a great leader. He really did provide some kind of blueprint for us to be able to work off of for future cups. And so, you know, that's what we'll be looking towards. I mean, we'll be trying to emulate that European team that seems to be the underdog every time,
1: but they find a way to just sneak through that's uh, that's our inspiration so what's the one thing that you're most looking forward to and then what's the one thing that you're most not looking forward to uh you know
2: the thing i'm most looking forward to is the process over the next 18 months or so uh, just being able to be out there um you know in, in in the broadcasting role that i'm in be able to be out there and and focus on these guys, be there for them, get to know them all better. We're going to be able to cast a much bigger net now than just the 12 that we had down in Australia. I'm going to be able to step back and look at probably 30 or 40 players and see how they start to progress over the next 18 months or so. So I think that process is really going to be a lot of fun, just really getting some good chemistry uh, in our group and getting to know the players and their caddies and families and everybody much better. To where we can become one big solid family. Uh, as far as one thing I'm not looking forward to, I, I, I've got to say I'm more of a glass half full kind of guy, so I haven't really thought about it. that just yet. So uh, I should have just I asked, what's the most one.
1: daunting? What's the most daunting thing in your mind? Well, you know, it's a
2: slightly different role, obviously.
1: For the most part in
2: my career, I've been the athlete. So I've been the guy that's in control of my own golf ball. And depending on uh, how much preparation I put in and the way uh, I applied myself during competition, I'm going to live and die by, by the work that I put in and by how I performed under pressure. So that's pretty much how I've lived my career. And now all of a sudden, I'm in a situation where, you know, I can't go out there and hit a shot or do anything like that. You know, quite frankly, the players are probably happy that I don't get to hit a shot. But, uh, you know, I think that's going to be the unnerving thing is you just want so badly for these guys to play their best. I mean, it's very clear how much it means to them. It was very clear down in Australia uh, and, and how important it is for them to try and win this cup back after so many years since 1998 when they won last. So that's probably the thing um, that I'm kind of wondering about is, uh, is just being able to put these guys in a position to, uh, to uh, play their best golf.
0: What kind of pre president's cup pep talk guy are you? Rah, rah, or let's just go get it done.
2: I'm a little bit of both. I think, Uh, One of my strengths is I'm able to adjust on the fly and sum up a situation and hopefully make the correct decision. So I think I'm going to be a little bit of both, but, uh, you know, I've already got a few ideas and, uh, (laughs) you know, we'll find a way to get that team ready to go. Uh, But at the end of the day, man, it's just like any sport. You can talk as much as you want, but when you get
1: out there on the field, when you get out there on the first tee, you better have your A game ready. Wallet. it. Do any of those ideas have anything to do with lotion or no? Not so probably. <laughs> <laughs> no. You, I, you you and I go way too far <laughs> back, man. You can't tell, you can't be telling our secrets on the radio. <laughs> I won't. I promise I won't. Well, maybe maybe <laughs> one day we'll we'll tell that story after the president's cup. But you were saying <laughs> now, you think it you think it's going to be a little easier since you're in the booth now. And I, I tend to think that might be a little bit true because it'll be easier for you to see all of the talent that's out there instead of only being able to play with one or two guys per week. It, would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I do agree with that, Mike. And here's why. You know, when I was competing more and and playing well, uh, one of the ways that I had to go about achieving that was I had to be seriously focused and single-minded and yeah, you know, quite frankly, downright selfish. I mean, my wife will attest to that. And so, uh, you know, I had to get into my bubble to make sure that I was playing my best golf. And so, if I was still competing, I don't think there would be a way for me to do both. Whereas now, uh, when I'm doing the broadcasting, obviously, as you know, and as as as, uh, as all of us do, we're always prepping and studying and making sure that we're ready uh, for whatever may happen. But You know, Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, at the very least, I can go out there and and be there for these guys. My focus can be on them and their caddies and their games and what's bothering them or what they're liking and different ideas that they may be coming up with. So that's the way I see it. And that's why I think that um, the timing of all of this, as far as me being a captain uh, and being able to be out there and have my finger on the pulse from a standpoint of knowing what's going on in the world of golf. Uh, could be something that uh, may work for us
0: all right so Trevor I'm going to ask you to put on your broadcasting hat in a minute as we discuss some of the changes in the golf schedule with the major Mm -hmm. championships coming up this year but before we get into the adjustment with the US Open PGA and the Masters you have to settle a bet now not not knowing like we know when the Masters is going to get played this year but I I, I want it's not a bet
1: it's it an is. argument it's an argument
0: it's an argument and you're yeah. you're up two one i'm like, we're up yeah. two one right. i'm up two to one that's right okay so as the 2008 masters champion you know what this means better than anybody would you rather play the masters tournament as scheduled with no patrons or not play it at all
1: those are your choices
0: uh
2: you know, my, 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 my foremost thought is the most important thing to me right now is that I want everybody in the world to be safe and healthy. Yep. <laughs> but as far as those two, two options as a competitor, uh, if you're giving me an option to play in the masters, I'm going to play at any moment in time. You just tell me when, and I'm going to be there.
0: <laughs> regardless, Thank you. Thank you. Regardless
2: of in there of if there are look, the patrons are obviously part of the fabric of the Masters and the respect that they give the players and the way that they understand the traditions of Augusta National and the Masters Tournament and Amen Corner and all the the little uh customs that we've come to love over the years. It goes without saying. It really is an amazing experience as a golfer to be able to play in front of crowds that are that, and patrons that are that knowledgeable. Um, but, but, yes. Yeah. But. I, I would play, I would play regardless, man.
0: All right. So Tre- but, that's, that, say- that, that, that's the competitor in me talking. Right. Right, but, if I, but if I said to you right now, if I said, All right, Trevor, here's the deal. You're, you you guys are going to go to Augusta this week. You're going to play the 2020 Masters, but there aren't going to be any patrons whatsoever. So that's your choice. I like, if you guys don't want to do that, fine, but we're just going to skip it this year. You'd, you would choose No Patrons. Yes. Why the roars, the Sunday no, roars. Look, Trevor, look And the other me. thing
2: is this, Matt, Matt, the other thing is this, is that I've learned over the years um, that everything that happens at Augusta National is so well-planned and prepared for that uh, I 100% trust their judgment. The same way that I trust the PGA's uh, judgment from a standpoint of, you know, the way they're looking at the schedule uh, going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that is, I was really, I'll be the first one to admit when it came out that the date was going to be in November, but at the very bottom, they said, all ticket holders will be welcome. I was surprised. But what I've been trying to explain to Matt is when <laughs> you're inside the ropes, as great as the roars are throughout Augusta, it doesn't mean anything to the people watching on TV. And if you're trying to win a golf tournament, it's nice, but it doesn't matter. Because the feeling is the same regardless. Well, at,
2: you know, as a kid growing up, the opportunity to play at Augusta National and in the Masters is something that you dream of. Mm. And just to have that ability at any time is a thrill. Uh, I'm I'm trying to figure out how you two have dragged me into this argument. (laughs) It's
1: it's what we do. You know, hey, Trevor, here's the thing that's crazy. The first guy that when we had this argument, the first guy on the podcast that we threw that question to was Tony Finau. And Tony said, I don't want to play if there's no people. I was like, What? What are you talking about? You play your whole high school, college, you play your whole amateur career, and then in all the little screen door open events that you play (laughs) before you get to the PGA Tour, there ain't no crowd. You're still playing fine there? Yeah, look, I don't think
2: there's any right or wrong answer. I just feel like the most important thing is that as as a global community, we can make it uh, through this uh, tough time and get back to some sort of normalcy where we can start to go about our day-to-day lives and start enjoying all the different things that uh, we love about our lives. And for the three of us, you know, some of those things is is major championships and uh, and the Masters Tournament. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping that we're able to go ahead in this date in November that they spoke about yesterday with patrons, and we can continue to enjoy all the traditions uh, that we are used to. And it'll be an amazing success. You know, I touched on it earlier. When you're a little kid and you're growing up and you're, you're hitting putts on the green or hitting chip shots, and you're like, oh, this is, you know, to beat Nicholas in the Masters and you just, your imagination is running wild. Imagine being, not only winning the Masters, but having a chance to win it, at a total different date in November. I mean, you talk about yeah. a cool story and yeah. adding to the mystique of Augusta National and the Masters. I mean, that would be like the greatest trivia sports question, you know, in, in 50 years' time. It will be like, who is the only player to win the Masters in November?
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's a perfect setup to my next question. I mean, this is a guy who who won the 2008 Masters. The runner-up that year was a guy named Tiger Woods. So you understand what it's like to win at the peak of the competition how weird is it for you a masters champion to be talking to two idiots like us on the tuesday of masters <laughs> week and not be at augusta national well i'm sure that if even if
2: we were at augusta right now and things were you know if we can imagine that we were uh you know things were normal i probably would have spoken to one or both of you today anyway <laughs> That's <true>. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um you know, it, it's odd. It's odd, but we've had such a weird last four, five, six weeks yep. that uh, I think we're sort of just starting to get used to things being cancelled and and uh, and being uh, postponed and suspended. That we're just uh, kind of rolling along with it. Uh, but yeah, you know, I played my first masters in '99 as an amateur. And uh, then they've pretty much been going there every year since three or so. And, uh, you know, there's been some amazing memories, not just for me, but for my family as well. You know, when I won, my son was a year and a half. And so and he was like, you know, a little guy that was a small part of it. And as he started to grow up and then my daughter was born, my son's now 13. My daughter's nine years old. When we go there as a family now, uh, it's a total different experience for me. You know, I can see the joy through their eyes, uh, and the, the appreciation that they have for Augusta National and for that tournament and for what that tournament has done for our family and the way that they love the par three tournament and, and, and things like that. Uh, so it's been a pretty cool journey for me from going as a, an 18 year old kid from South Africa that had no clue what he was doing playing in 99 through the years when I thought that, hey, if, if uh, things go my way, I might have a chance to win and then winning. And then now at a different phase in my life, it, 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 uh, it's been an amazing journey. And so, yeah, it is odd not to be there uh, in on this particular week. But uh, like I said, I'm a glass half full guy. So mm. uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward. I brought a smile to my face yesterday when I saw the schedule announcement. Because it, yeah. it, it it gave me something to grab onto. There you, you know, go. We've been getting so oh. much bad news. Yes. And we've been getting so much bad news. And all of a sudden, it just gave me something like, okay,
1: okay, I, this is good. <laughs> like we can get beautiful. back and see some golf and, and yeah. do, do some work again. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. All right, so, yeah. two, so here's two quick ones. One, when it comes to Augusta National, egg salad or pimento cheese? Which are you? Oh, it's. It's egg salad all day, Mike. I probably
2: eat—I would say two egg salad sandwiches a day from Monday to Sunday.
1: Oh, yeah, it, I'm right with you.
0: That or those peach cookie ice cream sandwiches. Oh, oh, oh I'm not sure that I've ever had one of them.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Be glad. I won't eat. I won't eat my first one till Thursday because I know what I turned into—a crackhead.
0: <laughs>
1: I do. I'm not going to lie, man. Them things, I mean, yeah, no, nah. yeah. But oh, the egg man. salad, I'm the same. It's the same way with the egg salad. I think the pimento cheese was a joke that they're playing on the whole universe. who comes there. Cause those things are just horrible. But the egg salad, I don't know what they put in that egg salad, but it's different than egg salad everywhere else. The other one I want to ask you is as when you became a master's champion in 2008, What's the coolest thing about being a Masters champion that you didn't know until after you won? Like, what was the coolest perk? Well, the coolest perk, without a doubt, is being able to go to the
2: champion's dinner. It's, cool. it's such an amazing evening. And, you know, a guy like me, growing up and playing this game from a very young age, I always paid close attention to the history of the game and all the, the great champions that were winning these events. And so for me to have won that tournament and then sit in that room with all these guys that I've looked up to and idolized through the years, it is mind-blowing. So, you know, at various times throughout that evening, I will just – like this biggest smile will come on my face and I'll be like, what is going on? How did you get in this room? So, uh, you know, that is, that is for sure. The, uh, the coolest perk. I mean, what a great evening that is. And I gotta say, uh, fajitas. tiger was going with fajitas this year. And I was so pumped about that. I mean, that's one of my favorite meals. So hopefully, hopefully, You know, T-Dub, hopefully he sticks with that, uh, and we get to play in November and he sticks with that because I was seriously looking forward to those fajitas.
1: What was on your menu? 2009. What did you serve? I served a couple of South African dishes. Uh,
2: we actually ran a competition in South Africa in one of the biggest newspapers and we got everybody to vote. So what we ended up going with was a dish called baburti. And you guys should, uh, you guys should Google this and try and make it at home.
0: I can't even spell.
2: Uh,
1: I was just going to say that sounded a little bit too close to the booty.
2: B O B O T I E. All right. Start, Google it. Really, really good, flavorful. Guys mm-hmm. loved it. it. Went down really well. And then the dessert was something called a milk tart, and that's another thing you should Google. Make it at home. Send me your pics. Let me see it.
1: Okay. I mean, okay. we've got time on our hands. That'd be another good trivia <laughs> question, though. This year, who 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 has held the the green jacket for the longest? And it'll be Tiger, because exactly. he's going to go from April through the following November.
2: Yeah, and Ken, can you gotta... imagine? And can you imagine, Mike, if uh, if we're fortunate enough for this schedule to stay in place, you're going to have a Masters in November, and then another Masters the
1: following April. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. And the course is going to play completely different on both occasions.
2: Yeah, it has that It has that opportunity for sure. Look, the temperatures are going to be much cooler in November. In all likelihood, you're going to get some type of northerly wind, which really does change, change the way the course plays. The course will play a lot longer, and the scoring probably won't quite be as good. But, uh, you know, it's like when we spoke uh, earlier. Any time you get to play in the Masters, uh you take it.
0: I just want to get this straight. So in the South, on a Saturday and Sunday, you're going to have the Masters, college football, and the NFL. I just want to make sure I'm getting that right. That sounds pretty good to me. Sign me up. People are going to be drunk for a month. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it drunk- man. I, I, it's going to be awesome. You know, and, and uh, after – we get through this uh, and all these sports and leagues from all over the world, you know, you talk about uh, football and, uh, and then, and then, and I'm talking about soccer, you talking about soccer, and American football, and baseball and basketball and PGA tour and all these different leagues that start up all over the world.
1: Uh, shucks, we are, uh, we're going to be spoiled for choice. It's going to be amazing. It'll be, that'll be the best. So the other question I wanted to ask you is, as a Masters champion, with that, you got the Masters locker in the Champions locker room. I'm sure that is Mm -hmm. amazing as well, knowing Mm -hmm. that, you know, you got your name up there. But that also then gives you access to go play every now and then. I Mm -hmm. talked to one Masters champion who told me they never went and played, like, in the fall or the winter or in the off-season, the only time that they would show up would be the Sunday before the tournament week started. Had you ever gone up and just gone up there to play, maybe hang, play the par 3, you know, stay at a cabin?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it's an awesome experience. Uh, it's something that I've thoroughly enjoyed. And the other thing that makes it so cool Mike is you able to start to meet all the different members and start to understand their story and what they do for a living and what their connection is with the club. It's uh, it's something that I absolutely love to do.
0: And it plays perfectly for your likes. There's no patron. So you guys can play Augusta National without it. No, don't know.
2: Don't words in my mouth. Right? Do you see? Don't, hey, don't hey, listen
0: hey, to he's... him. He's drinking a whole understand bunch of hatering. <laughs> understand, understand the context. <laughs> I he's like just mad that, that you're on
1: my side.
0: <laughs> you know, we love you. We love watching you on TV. But I'm going to pass on the South African dish consisting of spiced minced meat baked with an egg-based topping.
2: Yeah. oh it's so good don't, don't, don't judge a book by its cover just cook it up and let me know <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will Hey, we appreciate your time this was fun catching up with you hope you and the family are safe during these these uh, scary times and yes. we look forward to seeing you out in a golf course for a major tournament soon
1: congratulations captain I can't believe I'm yeah, saying thanks. that <laughs> thanks for having me on guys I appreciate it, it's good to hang out yeah man, someday we'll tell the lotion story <laughs> <laughs> both both laughs make that
0: sound like like it's gonna be Disney friendly, but either way, <laughs> Trevor appreciate you, bud. Good Congrats, talking, to you. man. All right, boys. So that Michael, kind of the player's perspective from a man who knows Augusta National and the Masters well. You know, it is weird doing this every year that we've done this podcast we've done it from augusta our hidden episode with john daly was when we last got last year we start did it live ago, live yeah. podcast. we did the live podcast with uh Patrick harrington yes and, and this is weird not being there with you but i think making the most of it that we can during master's week is that we can at least reflect in the dates that came out and i said at the beginning of the show to get the minutiae of that you and bob Hare recorded one last night it was fantastic but to to at least be able to enjoy the Masters this week before we look forward to it? I'm trying to
1: be positive out of a very uh, weird situation. Well, look, let's be honest, man. There's a lot of things that people can be hopeful about and think maybe, in, and we hear a lot of best case scenario stuff, right? With, oh, maybe we'll, by June, you know, there's a good chance with the new schedule, you know, something wants to fill in where the the report that we talked about yesterday was, the memorial is hoping to get the U S opens old date in June. Yeah. Which is weird since the tour still hasn't officially even come out and postponed the memorials date yet. So like the colonial memorial, those are still on the books as going ahead as scheduled when we all know they're not right. The one thing about this weekend, the masters and the masters scheduling for when they did in November Is November is so far ahead that that's one thing that we can look at and go, quite honestly, that's realistic. Mm -hmm. I know that no matter, I know, or I I shouldn't say I know. What I should say is I feel in my heart and in my bones that. I know we're going to be in Augusta in November. And yeah. That's almost a worst case scenario. But the fact that that candle is lit and I can see that at the end of the tunnel yeah. and I know in my heart and soul that we will be there this November, that makes anything that happens between now and then just a little bit more bearable. Just a little well, bit.
0: Well, and I'll take it one step further. Um I think you know I was talking to some people about this yesterday. I I love August for the PGA Championship because I had I had told someone the other day I said, "Look, it is April 7th. So you've got all of April, all of May, all of June, all of July. That's 4 months. If right. we're not in the position to play a major championship in August, the problems we have are much bigger yeah. than playing a major championship." And so and Trevor hit on it and I thought it was perfect. That there's something to look forward to there's something on a date and this comes from a sport that is postponed tournaments. They've now rescheduled some. Yeah. And so big picture in a world that's our new normal. That's the way we have to look at it. We have to look at it like, okay, we don't have the masters this week, but we do have the masters in November. And you know what, right now I'll take it.
1: And the only, the only thing I would say to that, that that scares me a little bit about both the, the, PGA Championship and the US Open is where they're being played. Right. That's the only Valhalla is in uh Louisville, Valhalla, right? Uh no. Oh. The plan for the PGA championship was to stay at T B C Harding Park. Oh, it was stay at Harding Park, was it? Yeah. So and that's why it made me nervous. It makes me nervous that, you know, the US Open being in, in New York, pretty much a mile from the epicenter of where the explosion of the pandemic happened in New York yeah. city. That makes me nervous. And the fact that San Francisco was another epicenter oh. of one of the big explosion numbers wow. wise oh, early, yeah. it was. but, early. A, a, but if, that's where time matters. Time, yeah. actually time in. matters there. But you know, we, we also know that the operations, cause you know, a lot of people, A lot of people will say in times like this, hey, golf is the easiest thing. Well, it's easy for golfers to get out in between the ropes. Putting a golf broadcast on throws a monkey wrench the size of Rhode Island into there. Yeah, we talked
0: about that last week a little bit, kind of everything that goes along with it. But Masters Week, we wanted to get you a Masters champion. and the news with Trevor Immelman coming out on Tuesday morning that he was the President's Cup champion. Or President's Cup captain. Captain. Oh, captain. (laughs) He wants that. So, don't give him champion already, man. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, but I do what they do when I want the pep talk. I want him to come back on the podcast Ooh. and uh, give us the pep talk. So, yeah, uh, you've got a couple of
1: podcasts to listen to this week. You've got Harrigan caddy from yesterday. You've what are you going to do special this week? What are you going to do special masters week? You see, I got my, even though everyone Murphy. else can't say I got the William Murray special. Well, Golf shirt, the master shirt on. I wore my Azalea's William Murray shirt in my I press saw, conference. Well, with the press conference, number one, congratulations on making it to the final four as a 16th yeah. seed. Yeah, and big the run. upsets. The upsets were huge. For people who don't know, uh, someone put out a greatest sports center anchor um bracket, sixty-four sports center, center anchors, past and present, and our boy. Maddie was a 16 seed and upset a number one seed and then upset a number eight seed. Was it an eight, right? Four or eight. I think you took out a one. A four. I took a, yeah, I took out a one Keith
0: An yep. eight Tom yep. Meade, yep. a four in John Anderson Correct. and a two in Chris Berman.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the Berman one that was 51% to 49% to make it to the final four. Which was that was absolutely unheard of. So that's that's a win. But the press conference that you did, for people who have not seen it, you gotta go on Matt Barry's Twitter. And you got to watch what he put out there because it's hilarious and (laughs) it's a hard thing. I felt so bad for Randy Scott until I actually (laughs) saw him in the video. And then my response was like, I'm not going to be able to live with this dude. I need you. You know what? I need you in that big head now to come down here and help me with my squirrels. (laughs) Because you can scare my squirrels.
0: Look, that <laughs> the next the next great ESPN show is going to be Maddie and the Caddy in the Wild, and we're going to take down every damn thing we can, Joe Exotic style.
1: Did no, you see God. the snake?
0: Did you see the snake stuff I put out with the eleven year old? Yeah, yeah, man. You got to get your kid away from
1: herpetology. No, man, he's he's like the animal whisperer. And if the snake gets big enough, I don't need to worry about the squirrels. Yeah. Ooh, that'd be good. See? That's gonna, what I'm you're, saying.
0: You're gonna go in the backyard, you're gonna have that like olive aisle, olive oil looking snake where you've got the snake and then this this big ass squirrel
1: body imprint <laughs> in the middle of its stomach. That's what it and looked like. She like, was gotcha. laying on a hot rock, too. It would just lay <laughs> on that hot. I actually did have a snake named Olive Oil, a reticulated python. Oh, is... Look, before you get into this, if you really want to get this story
0: We had, there's a Maddie and the Caddy podcast. Go back into the archives. Yes. It was when we were in Lake Tahoe. We somehow (laughs) got into the master of herpetology. I think it's one of our all-time greats. So look this up.
1: You did have a good one. Yeah. Olive oil was reticulated python. They're the longest snakes in the world tied with the anacondas, but they're the skinniest. One of the skinniest for their length. So hence the term olive oil, because every time she would eat a rat, it looked just like you were talking about. It looked like, a mic stand that had a fart get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that would so, solve the squirrel problem here in the backyard if I could get. But we don't, I don't have any snakes that big. They're all too little. They're all, uh, they're all under three feet long. So you got to have something at least four feet with some, a little bit of girth, probably weighing about six pounds. That'll be big enough to take out a, a, a large squirrel.
0: All those descriptions you just said you'll never be able to have in common with. (laughs) Let that sink in. Patrons, we love you. Uh, Make some egg salad
1: sandwiches this week. That's that's it. By the way,
0: I will tell this as a company person. Part three contest. Yep. 2018. Tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. Eastern following my sports center. Yep. Going to have Tony Fino and GT. Nicholas on sports that are two stars from that. 2018 part three contest oh yeah and then we're gonna be showing well, some-
1: uh, is now a star or yeah
0: plus never seen never before seen pictures from his phone of his ankle that night we're gonna have no is
1: he doing that man well i'll it's watch two it years That'll help me get skinny yeah
0: two years you, you know and it, then it uh, don't throughout the, week, the picture's better check the programming guide out we're showing vintage masters rounds if we can't have it we're going to show you the best of. And I know Sunday, I believe CBS is showing the final round of last year's Masters when Tiger won. The other good ESPN thing is – ESPN's got you
1: Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. And guess what? 30 minutes before all of those rewinds start, we're doing social media live stuff. So literally right before you and I started doing this, yeah. I was I was interviewing Jack the II – about 86. So Wednesday at 2, it's either one thirty or 2. Well, right, I think the 86 comes on at 3 o'clock after the par 3. So 2.30 on all the social media platforms is going to be the rewind. And we're doing that as well Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we'll do a live rerun, re, rewind. Yeah, rev, I think they're calling it. So it's a rewind of the show. I'm doing a thing called Masters Memories um, on the social media platform and then Eves and I are doing something, I think, 6.30 on Thursday night live, too, for Instagram. So we got Masters. We got Masters covered we Wednesday, right. Thursday, Friday. Let's
0: all pretend we're hopping on the flux capacitor. We're going to go back in time, <laughs> enjoy some of the greatest of all time, knowing that we have one to look forward to in November. For the caddy, Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. Hope you enjoyed another week of Maddie and the Caddy. Maddie and the Caddy.
1: Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.